Welcome to Fireside Nets, the number one podcast for Brooklyn Nets news, information, reactions, predictions, and so much more. I'm Spen Harris. He's Pete. And a happy and healthy new year to all of our loyal listeners. Let's just hope that your new year started a little bit better than the Brooklyn Nets' new year. Pete? That's it. Just, uh, I'm a little triggered right now, but I do want to say Happy New Year's. Thanks to everybody who's been watching us. We appreciate everybody, and uh, Happy New Year. But we got a lot to discuss. You want to jump st- just straight into it? No, I don't. Not yet, because it's <laughs> not good. None of it's good. We're, we're going to get to the Pelicans' beatdown in a second. We'll, we'll talk about you know why we think this team is awful right now. But before we get into any of that, I wanted to apologize for not doing a podcast over the holidays. A um, lot going on, you know, but it's, it's a tough time for everyone. Everyone's busy, but we are back. We're better than ever. Episode 180 of Fireside Nets. So thanks for everyone who rode with us. And uh, yeah, li- listen, the, one, one of the big things that happened in my life, Pete, was uh, my dog, Homer, one of my best friends in the world, my maybe the, my best friend in the world. He got sick. Had to get emergency surgery. He's okay. He's recovering. But Pete, my dog out of surgery has shown more fight and more grit than this Brooklyn Nets team. That, that's factual information. I've seen videos. I can definitely confirm that it's very true. Fact. All right. So we're going to start with a simple, simple question, Pete. Are you ready? Yep. Let's go. Why do the Brooklyn Nets suck at basketball right now? I think there's about two or three things you could kind of look at. Uh, they're, one, they're one bucket getter on, on the entire team. The offense is not suited for him. He can't play with the starting lineup. The size is, is, is an issue. The lineups are an issue. The coach may be an issue. There's just, I don't know. I just feel like we're in a sinking ship, and we're just trying to, like, plug all these holes. And uh, if, if I had to kind of focus on one issue, I guess it would be, the roster makeup, and I guess strategy. Because how could you have a 22-year-old Cam Thomas and not be able to play him with your starting lineup? Are you are you out on Vaughn right now? I'm. I might be. I definitely might be. And uh, you know, to to quote the uh, that football coach, the Nets are who who we thought they were. They sucked on offense last year, and if you look at the numbers. They're about similar to what they are right now. It looks like at the beginning of the year, they had a nice little jump. They had healthier guys. And now the numbers are kind of uh, returning to mean. Yeah, but I hate that. I, I hate mean averages. I hate statistics. I'm an eyes guy, Pete. I, I use the eye test, right? And the eye test tells me that the Nets are not a good basketball team right now. And, and frankly, if this is what the organization bet on to be successful, this player combination with this coach, then maybe uh, Josiah has to has to look at his GM because, look, here are my thoughts on, on why the Nets are terrible right now. 
Too many things need to go right for this team to win ball games against competitive teams down the stretch. Think about it. Mikhail Bridges has to play like a dog night in and night out. He has to be the alpha. Hasn't happened. Spencer Dinwiddie has to play consistent in that starting point guard role. He has been terrible as of late. He, he has just looked checked out offensively, defensively. By the way, just real quick with Jacques Vaughn before I forget, why was Spencer Dinwiddie covering Zion Williamson for any plays tonight? Oh, don't. Did you see that? Started, bro. Oh, my God. Okay, timeout. So Dinwiddie has to play better, all right? He's been bad. Cam Thomas yeah, will have bad and good games. Uh, you know that he's going to go 0 of 9 because then next week he's going to go 10 of 13. That's just what he does. But you should be able to withstand a Cam Thomas bad game. You've done it in the past. It happens. Role players got to hit threes consistently. They haven't really had the chance to hit threes because ball movement has been so bad. And then finally, if you're going to start Mikhail, Cam Johnson, DFS, Claxton, um, and who am I missing? Dinwiddie. If you're not going to stop, if you're not going, if you're not going to start Cam Thomas, and that's going to be your lineup, they have to be better defensively. Pete, this game was over before it began. The, the oh. Pelicans hit hit every shot out of the gate. The Nets' offense couldn't get anything going. So if your defensive lineup is not doing anything, then not starting Cam Thomas, it, it just doesn't make sense. So when you have all of these things that need to go right every single game and you only have one to two of them happening, you are going to lose to a lot of good teams. And, and the problem is, Pete, if you're the Clippers, if you're the Mavs, if you're the Nuggets, the fucking Knicks, dude, they can rely on their stars to pick up the slack when the rest of the team is sluggish. The Nets don't have that right now. They haven't had that since Kevin Durant was traded. Record scratch. Bro, you, you said it. Bro, you, you, you named you named there's just there's just so many things wrong with this team. Bridges and Cam Johnson can't play together. There was a uh, this recent road trip we had Spencer Dinwiddie trying to play with Cam Thomas. And if you look at I know you don't like the stats, but if you look at the advanced stats, that was the, our worst two man lineup this whole season is those two guys playing together. But we keep on being forced fed it. It's not working. The defense is not working, and if we're not hitting our shots, it, it just turns into easy layups. We can't defend on the fast break. There's just so many problems, and you just you talked about this game was over with the Pelicans. It was 59-34 at the half. It's, it's, it's like, how can you come back from that? You can't. You are, you are one of the bigger Spencer Dinwiddie fans I know, and, and rightfully so. He's had incredible moments with this organization. Do you think he's checked out? Do you think he's kind of just looking at this situation and thinking, man, they're either going to trade me or they're just going to keep me for the rest of the season, but I don't have a future with this team? Uh, I don't want to say that he's checked out, but I definitely think that he he's not uh, starting material. But the reason why I do think he is getting the minutes is because they don't have confidence in another ball handler. But that shouldn't be the only reason why he's starting. Uh, I, I will say this. He, he missed a lot of box outs today. I was really looking at that, trying to focus in on that because his shooting has been horrendous. He's shooting, uh, what, the last 10 games? I have it, like, right over here. I think he's shooting 
under uh, under 40% in the last 10 games, under 40% from the field, 27% from three. Like, you can't, like, you just can't do this shit. I just can't believe a guy who's going to be a free agent is that checked out. So that's the only thing that I'm holding on to. You know what I mean? And like you said, I'm the biggest supporter of Spencer Dinwiddie, but I'm also a Nets fan first. And I, I don't know if he should be starting. I don't know if he should be having the role that he has right now. But the thing is, like, you can't you can't have Cam and Bridges together. So what else can like what else are you gonna do? At yeah. this point, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know. And and you know, let's get into this Pelicans game because it's not just on Spencer Dinwiddie. Yes, he's playing terrible, but the rest of this team, they're just not playing together. They're inconsistent. Defensively, they seem out of rhythm. Offensively, they seem out of rhythm. So the Pelicans beat the Nets 112-85. The game was over before it began. Uh, Every Pelicans starter in double figures, and they played less than 30 minutes. Think about that. This was essentially, you know, three-quarter basketball for the Pelicans starters because that fourth quarter, none of them needed to play. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, let me no, I was going to say Spencer, Spencer Dinwiddie, Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie and Cam Thomas were a combined O of seventeen from the field. Each of them had zero points. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a disaster. Just a total disaster of a game. And uh, man, talk. And you said it before. I wanted to bring this up before talking about the game being over so early. First quarter under twenty points. Second quarter under twenty points. Scored 34 points at the half. They had they shot 28% from the field, 27% from three. New Orleans, 50% from three, 52% from the field. But listen to this. They get out-rebounded 29 to 17. And you felt all those second chance points, right? It, maybe it's just me, but that was no, frustrating. No, no. It, it seemed like every single rebound was got by Valanchunas, by Herb Jones. By McCollum got a few Williamson. It, it just you know you know what it seemed like, Pete. You ever go to a high school gymnasium and you see the varsity team and they're scrimmaging with the JV team and they're just giving it to them. We were the yeah. JV team tonight. Absolutely. We we shouldn't we we did not be long on the same court as the Pelicans. And, and just a side note, it shows you how much better the the West is than the East. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Right. Like what? Oh yeah. Where do the Pelicans rank in the West? I think they're sixth. Okay, so they're sixth. They beat us worse than the, the number two or three seed in OKC did. Yeah. Just just insane. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. We talked about Dinwiddie. You go Bridges? I, yeah, look, I just think he's flat out failing as a leader. Whoa! Am I, am I wrong? Look. He doesn't, you know, not everyone gets upset and 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 stomps their feet. And that's fine. I actually like that about Bridges, that he's not a crybaby. And he says he has to play better and he admits it. But as the guy on this team, all right, and, and Vaughn deserves his fair share of blame because as a coach, the, you have to have them come out a little bit more prepared and with a little bit more focus and energy. And they just didn't. And that's on Vaughn. But as the leader of this group, Night in and night out, Mikhail Bridges is just when was his last moment? He had that game against against the Hawks. He was him against Trey Young. He hit the dagger, he hit the game winning shot. And what has happened? 
All right. Now look, if he's better off as a two or a three, fine. Like I accept that. Okay. You don't want Chris Middleton running your team, right? Middleton shines because he has Giannis. So if, if Bridges is that guy, if he's Chris Middleton, so be it. But if that's the case, then start fucking Camp Thomas. Do something. Vaughn, you have to be a little bit more creative because this lineup, whatever your sentiments are pregame, it's just not getting it done. No. Bridges went four for 11. He put up 13 points. Uh, CJ was the only, I guess, could you say the only bright spot on the team? He led the Nets with 17 points, 6-12 from the field, 5-9 from three, four rebounds, two assists, one steal. Uh, and he's been really kind of the only shining <laughs> shining star of this whole roster. Yeah, I, I think I tweeted this. Uh, oh, and it's Day kind Day. Of, it's, yeah, well, we're going to get to Dayron Sharp because I yeah, fucking love that guy. But <laughs> Cam Johnson has been the Nets' best player for the last two weeks. And that sentence should never be uttered. I like Cam Johnson. I like his game. But he's getting like what? He's getting 18 a night, right? Something like that. Yeah, he's doing best Your best player, you know, it shouldn't be Cam Johnson. Nice stretch of basketball. But look, trade bait. Could be trade bait. Maybe a team overpays for him. Gives the Nets some first rounders back. I don't know. If, If I'm a Lakers team or if I'm... You know, a Dallas team looking to make a move. Do I think that Cam Johnson as the third or fourth option might help Luka and LeBron with the way he's playing? Sure, why not? Right? That that's what 18 points per game. I, I see that on the Nets, and I think third or fourth guy on a contender in the West. Absolutely. I, I think that's that's a fair, fair statement to make. Uh I, I just don't see it happening considering they just re-signed him. Is it possible? Sure, right? But I will say this. If that does happen, that means we're pushing the red button and we're cleaning house house. Like the front office is gone. The roster is going to be reshaped. But listen, that, that's I feel like that's a whole different avenue for now. Pete, why did the Nets stop playing Trendon Watford? I don't understand that. He's someone that can actually help this team's energy. Uh, I, have, I have no idea. I can think of it like this. Maybe he's going to play a lot of minutes tomorrow. You had Royce playing 28 minutes. Dorian Finney-Smith, 20 minutes. By the way, uh, Royce O'Neal, Dorian Finney-Smith, trade bait, right? Dorian Finney-Smith, one of six from the field. Royce O'Neal, 0 for six. Well, well, that's what I'm saying with Cam Johnson. I don't necessarily want to trade Cam Johnson, but he's the only attractive piece right now. (laughs) That's it. I I disagree with that. I think Bridges still still has value. I think Claxton still has value. I think Dinwiddie still has value, sinking like a ship, but still has value. But uh, I, I guess if you were going to get someone on the roster that you would overpay for that isn't Cam Thomas, yeah, I guess if you're going by recent stats, yeah, you would you'd say him, sure. You bring up an interesting one, Claxton. I, I do want to talk about this later because I, I, I want to go over the we roster. Got a lot to we got a lot to talk about. Um, finishing up on this game, Dayron Sharp blocked Zion Williamson, and it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Shout out to Dayron. He he was the only guy tonight, Pete, that I would go to battle for. In all honesty, you didn't like him at the beginning of the year. I was on I was on Team Day Day early, and you weren't feeling him. What happened? Well, I'm a huge Harry Giles guy, I, 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 I'm as you know, most of Nets Twitter knows. So. 
when I talk about why I think the Nets can trade Claxton, it's going to be because we have we have Sharp and Giles. But uh, outside of that, dude, th- this game, I-, I got nothing left to say. I was just – it was Triggered. it was funny to me. It was funny to me, Pete, because the Nets already broke my spirits on that West Coast road trip. After that, I, I already knew that they were just not – they weren't that team. What? Well, you say that, but that bothers me because okay, he, name me, name me an important game they've won since that West Coast road trip. Oh no, but but this is the part. This is the the issue that I'm having with you with this. Okay, you say that it broke you on that trip. Nets historically have not done well on the West Coast trips. One, two, they were in a couple of the games. Did you think they were going to beat the Kings? I really didn't think so. They could have beaten Golden State, but superstars going to superstar, right? They beat the Suns. Uh, so I, I wasn't. You're, I, you're I forgetting. Like, you're forgetting the game go, that they lost. We said what? Uh, we we both said they were going to go two and four, right, or something like that. We they said were one two game and away three. From that. Yes, so that, Pete, but that Pete, they lost to the Jazz. Oh yeah, that don't get. It's still heartbreaking. It still sucks. Yes, but it broke my spirit. When I that, say two and three, I expect two and three, and I'm hoping for three and two. I'm not expecting. One and four, it broke my spirit because you know the only team one they've game? beaten. Pete, the only team they've beaten since that West Coast road trip is Detroit. Detroit's good, right? Okay. <laughs> now this conversation's off the rails. Come with me though, like like they're, they're just they haven't been playing good basketball. Yes, Cam Johnson has had a, a good individual stretch, but it has not resulted in winning basketball. Claxton's been okay. He had a great game against OKC the other night. Yet they obviously got smoked in that one too. So uh, I just, yeah, my, my, my point is my spirit was broken way before this game. I know this game killed you. Is there anything else you want to add? No, that's it. I want to forget this bullshit. I, I don't understand. Could you also explain to me what Jacques Vaughn's usage of Cam Thomas has been? Cause I don't get it. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, 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 I tried it like, put myself in his shoes and I'm like, okay, what could it possibly be that this guy's not getting any run when the team is struggling on offense? He's the, he's 22 years old. And the only thing that I could think of is that his style, which I could see with, I think the eye test will tell us doesn't kind of vibe with the offense. But the, but when I get to that point, it's saying, then what are you doing as a coach that your best scorer, your youngest, like budding guy, you know what I mean? Possible star. He's not made for this offense. Like, were you not prepared coming into the year? Well, what, what, like, what's going on here? Do you not like the guy? I don't Could get it. That. Could I be don't that. get it. His timeline is so weird, right? Starts the season on the bench, starts going the fuck off. Finally gets to start. He, he started before he got hurt, right? So he, he gets hurt in that game early comes back, gets his starting job back, but the Nets start to lose, and immediately he's the change that they make. They go to the same starting five that they started the season with when they weren't good. I want to see you right now. Yeah, he started early in the year. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm not I'm not really sure. And, and, and now he's playing with a second unit, and he's playing with Dennis Smith Jr., who likes the ball in his hands. It's just – it's weird. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue with that with Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, I think that's just to play. And by the way, he kind of has started most of the games. He has 20 starts this year. 
let me see. There's only been like three, four, four games he hasn't started. But I think what, what your point is, and I agree with totally, is the minutes and role usage is very, very strange. And I think he plays his best ball when he's kind of, um, how can I say this? Uh, he, he has a passenger of uh, Dennis Smith Jr. or Ben Simmons to help on the defense. And that's the stats do show that he gets you get positive value out of those guys. I think him and Ben Simmons would work perfectly together, but where's Ben? So tough shit. That's fair. Well, the Nets have to rebound quickly. They have a game in Houston tomorrow. If you're listening on the 3rd of January, that game is tonight. Pete Jacques Vaughn just called you up. And he says, I need advice on what to do tonight. What are you telling him? Uh, fire yourself. Hand in your your your, your letter of resignation. Uh, no, if I had to look at the lineup and make some changes, I would want Dinwiddie to the bench. But the thing is, I'm not going to start Dennis Smith Jr. And Cam and Bridges, as I said about 10 times this podcast already, doesn't work. So you have to, you just have to find a way to mix it up. I would maybe bench clacks out of all people and try to go with a small ball lineup. That would be that would be my next thing. That that's the only thing I could really think of. I would put Day Day over Clacks, at least just to try it out. Because Day Day's been playing well. Not that Clax has not been playing well, but uh, it seems, at least with the advanced advanced stats and the analytics, that Day Day seems to play very well with Cam Johnson and uh, not, I'm sorry, Cam Thomas. And Spencer Dinwiddie. So I would try to mix them in together in a lineup or two. I like that. I actually have something similar to that. So I would start Cam Thomas, um, Jalen Wilson, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Dayron Sharp. So the two differences from normal are you're throwing Cam Thomas in there. I'm sorry, the three. Cam Thomas, Jalen Wilson, and Dayron Sharp in for Dinwiddie. Uh, DFS and Claxton. Okay. Off the bench. What's up? No, no, go ahead. You finish. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm triggered right now, but go ahead. Off the bench. I would have Clax, DSJ, Whitehead, Watford, and Royce give Dennis Smith Jr. I'm sorry. Give, um, not Dennis Smith Jr. Give Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney Smith a night off. So you think they're unplayable right now? No, 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 no. I'm just telling Jacques Vaughn to give them. Yeah, one game, one game. Hey, Jacques, Dinwiddie seems tired out there. Give him the night off. Dorian Finney-Smith banged up a little bit. Give him the night off. Play the young guys. Play Day-Day. Play Jalen. Get Cam Thomas going. Obviously, th- this lineup you have with these five vets, it's just not working. So so, so let the young guys play. You're going to trade like everybody Jaylen anyway. Wilson, I like Jalen like Wilson. Wilson. Because he's tenacious. and he Outside of Dayron, he's been playing with almost the most energy when he gets time. That's why well, I do have to reward, reward a guy that gives you effort. That's 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 what I'm trying to say. His mom liked one of my uh, one of my posts on Twitter. So shout out to her and thank you, Jalen Wilson's mom. And, you know, thank you, Jalen Wilson. So, yeah. so I, I, I respect that. But um, I don't know if I'd start him, but I definitely would give him minutes. I think that's the only thing I see differently through through your lens. I don't understand why start. Respect mothers everywhere. Love love you, mom. Shout out, Shout out moms. Shout out, moms. Um, all right. Last two weeks for the Nets. It's going to be a quick recap because we're not going over any of these games in depth. 
Uh, this was also after the Nets one and four road trip. So here we go, Pete. Lost to the Knicks. One word reaction. Uh, disheartening, dismantling. They lost by 19, and uh, it just it just sucked. Gross. You never want to lose to the Knicks. My word is gross. All right, lost <laughs> to the Denver Nuggets. Uh, tough man. So close. If I could, like two words. So close. They only, they lost by five. They could. I really feel like they could have pulled it out. But superstars gonna superstar shit happens, right? Yeah, I have a phrase for this game. Two are better than none. You get it? No, I don't. Help me out. They have uh, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. The Nets have. Oh, uh... Jesus All right, so let's move on. <laughs> Finally, get to the game against Detroit. Nets fans were expecting to lose one of these games. And shout out to the Nets for for giving us some joy and beating Detroit in two games. I don't think either win was easy. Like Detroit no. was in both games. They had their moments, but the Nets, you know, they, they get a victory against a team that 90% of the NBA, or I guess 98% of the rest of the NBA beats on a nightly basis. Yeah. Uh, you summed it up perfectly, especially the second game I thought was really close. Second game in Detroit. We get into the most controversial game or controversial loss of this uh, of this stretch. The loss against Milwaukee. It seemed like the Nets were playing the Bucks hard, Pete. And then Jock Vaughn does not play the starters down the stretch. He in fact goes deep into his bench and pretty much throws this game in the fourth quarter. What did you think of that decision? Some people are going to shit on him for it, but I'm going to say good job, and I'll tell you why. These guys in the locker room, the coach knows what's going on. The players know what's going on. We don't know what's going on. And if I had to take a guess by that, if for him to do that is telling me that these guys are just gassed, totally gassed, and you're just trying to find any room to get them some time off that you can get. And Milwaukee, good team, probably not going to beat them. It sucks, but it was the second game of a back-to-back. They were in Detroit the night before. They won by six, close game. Then you have to come back, play Milwaukee. It's tough. Okay. Uh, my response to that is your best player is known for being the Cal Ripken Jr. of the NBA. And that's not right? good anymore. It's not good anymore. But don't you think that he's going to have a problem with not playing down the stretch, which he illustrated in the postgame press conference? Well, the that that, that bothers stuff. me. Like, like you should be able to trust your guy. You know, if if freaking uh, if Le- LeBron's coach, who's Darvin Ham, if Darvin Ham tells LeBron, "Hey, I'm not going to play you down the stretch because I want you to rest," LeBron's not accepting that. I know Mikhail's not LeBron James, but he is the guy on this team. He should at least him and the coach should be on the same page. I I agree up to a point, but then if you have guys not listening to the coach, then they're like, "This guy's a trouble. This guy's you know doesn't listen to the coach." Blah blah blah. And then it gets leaked to the media, and then it's this whole thing. So, you know what? It should have been talked about beforehand, right? That's kind of stupid. It's very silly that it wasn't. And seeing stuff like that, that Mikel Bridges being unhappy with it, that just shows you that there's a disconnect. Hold on to that disconnect thought. We have the loss to Washington. One word to describe this. I got it. Horrific. Kuzma. All right. And then we have Jesus. We we have a loss to the Thunder. 
Uh, I don't know. They're just they're just a better basketball team. Yeah. There really isn't one word to describe this. Uh, Chet Holmgren, by the way, fucking ridiculous at basketball. You think he's the next KD? Yes. I, I think, I'll tell you this, because I was telling my pops this. I think the difference between him and Victor Webb and Yama is Holmgren knows his game. Like, Holmgren knows his, his money shot is that mid-range shot, like KD. But he's strong, so he can take you to the hoop, and he's deadly from beyond the arc. He can step back, too. His basketball IQ is high. He can make the pass to the cutter. He, he kind of does everything KD does, and he can attack the post. Now, now granted, I, I got to see him do it consistently, you know, you know, he for a little bit. But I just with, – with Wembenyama, his game's kind of all over the place, right? He plays in the post a little bit, but he doesn't really have a post game. He plays on the perimeter, but he's not really beating guys off the dribble. So, like, he's someone who has to sort of figure out his game – Whereas I think Holmgren already knows his game and he just has to polish his skills. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right. You summed it up perfectly with them too. They're both, I think both, uh, both guys, if you're starting uh, like a, if you did a draft of who you would want to build a team around, I definitely think that both of those guys would be one of the first selections for sure. So you can't go wrong. Also, if you want a dark horse MVP candidate, Shea Gilgis Alexander is a dark horse for MVP. Yeah. If the Thunder get the one seed, he could potentially win it. I, I believe you're right. I believe you're right. All right. Pete, before the vibes were absolutely murdered tonight by the Brooklyn Nets, there was some chatter on Twitter for most of the day about trading for a potential Cleveland Cavalier by the name of Donovan Mitchell. And what I noticed was Nets fans are kind of divided on this. You know, there are a lot of Nets fans who are like, absolutely, bring him in. Donovan Mitchell, why wouldn't you make that trade? He'll immediately make this team better. And then you have other fans who are like, hey, hold on to the picks. Don't settle for a guy who really hasn't won in the playoffs in Utah, uh, in Cleveland. Let's hold on to our picks and, and see what happens in the draft and, and whatever. So which side of the fence are you on? Are you on the Donovan Mitchell side or are you on the trading all our, our vets and, and holding on to our draft picks? Man, this is going to be such a, such a like bitch ass answer, but I would really want to say it really depends on the deal itself. Like Donovan Mitchell, he's putting up 27 points. Let me see. I got it right over here. 27 points, five rebounds, five assists. 6'3", 215. How old is he? Ooh, he's young. He's like 25, I think. Like, I look at that, and if you had a deal that he would, you knew for a fact that he'd re-sign with you, uh, I would lean towards maybe making it, because I'll tell you why. 27. I don't know if, if the whole Cam Johnson, Cam, uh, Cam Thomas, and Donovan Mitchell backcourt is something you'd want to be looking at defensively. But, yeah. but man, imagine Mitchell, Cam Thomas, and Bridges. That's a nice little core right there to kind of build around. You know, would you trade that question? Do you trade a Cam Thomas for a Mitchell and you get to keep more of your picks? So uh, Donovan Mitchell's 27, by the way. How old is Cam Thomas? 22. 22. All right. So so Mitchell's five years older than Cam Thomas. Um, I would make the trade. I, I'm someone who pulls the trigger. I don't want to hold on to draft picks. You know who Donovan Mitchell is. You don't know who these draft picks are going to be. 
Um, you have the assets to make the trade. You can you can trade for Mitchell and keep some of your young like you're not going to give everybody up. You still have Clowney coming up as a development player. You still have a guy like Jalen Wilson who's definitely going to see time in the second half uh, as as guys start to you know the season starts to wear on on older guys' bodies. Um, I would absolutely make the trade if you're Sean Marks. Why not? You know, and to the for the for the people whose argument is well, didn't you learn from Kevin Durant or James Harden or Kyrie Irving? Are we never going to trade for a star again? This is how shit gets done. Like, let, let's be honest. It's very rare you're going to see a guy not get traded to a team, right? We Everybody knows if you're going to have a free agent coming at the end of the year, most teams are not going to be like, you know what? I'm going to let him walk for free. This is how you're going to get guys in the future. This is what it is. You know? <laughs> and, you're not going to have Joe a Kevin Durant be a free agent again. I, I, like, right. not Maybe not again. But, like, it's going to be a long time. And Joe Kim Noah said it best, you know, like 10, 15 years ago, where he's like, this is Cleveland. Like, do do you want to live in Cleveland? Do you want to play in Cleveland? Like, that's where Donovan Mitchell's head is at. Donovan Mitchell is not having fun playing basketball. They're not winning in the East. They're they're, they're the fifth or sixth best team at, at best. And you're in Cleveland. So, yes, I understand why he'd want to leave and, and potentially play in Brooklyn with his friend, Mikhail Bridges. What's All this? right, Pete, we're at the segment where you and I get to put on Sean Marks's cap and we play Who Do We Move and Why, the favorite Nets game show. So, Pete, let's start with you. If you're going to trade anyone. I don't even know who you're getting back. I'm just talking about getting off this team. Who are you trading? Uh, I can only pick one? No, you can pick several. You can pick as many as you want. I'm going to trade Spencer. I'm going to trade Clax. And uh, I'm going to trade Royce. I'm going to trade all three, and I'll tell you why. Okay. They all have one thing in common. They're going to be free agents at the end of the year. Spencer Dinwiddie's not going to resign with us. And I don't think I don't think most Net fans want him back anyway. And if you can get anything back at this point, why not get it back? But let's face it, sinking value. So I'm going to move on to Clax. This is where it gets interesting. Possibly all defensive player of the year last year. Great numbers. Analytics love the guy. This year he gets hurt early. And we kind of knew coming into the year that he's going to get a big deal. My mindset is with this. If we're losing with him, we could lose without him and not have to pay him the contract and give your guys, Day Day and Giles, a good look. Like, let's face it, the defense sucks. So if he's like, what's the difference? What's the difference? And he's going to have some value. Imagine one of those teams in the West saying, we can add an all, like an old defensive player to our roster. I think someone would pony up considering he's going to be a free agent. So it's going to be a smaller value. I still think you can get something back and maybe, you know, maybe not Donovan Mitchell, but maybe you get somebody else as part of a deal with that. You put a Claxton, draft picks maybe Dinwiddie if some, someone wants a Dinwiddie I could see like I don't know like the Lakers maybe saying you know what Spencer Dinwiddie that might be a good fit for us to kind of you know reinforce the roster his value is a little bit lower you go around get those draft picks or whatever ship it somewhere else get a uh, get a, a Dejounte Murray get a maybe a Donovan Mitchell I don't know but that's where my mindset is at with those two and Royce if you could get back a first rounder, I would do it in a heartbeat. And even though he's a he's a locker room favorite, 
at least the Jock Vaughn favorite, you have to get something back. But this is where I'm going to get a little sneaky with you, okay? You didn't list this guy. Lonnie Walker. If Lonnie Walker comes back and healthy, he's what? Top five in three-point shooting? You can't tell me that a team wouldn't take, like, Lonnie Walker for two second rounders or something like that. We don't have any draft picks this year. So if we can get a second rounder for a guy who's not going to be back next year, you got to do that deal. All right. I like I like those options. I'll agree with you on Clax and Dinwiddie uh, for all the reasons you said. And, and it just seems like those two guys, they've been checked out for a minute. Dinwiddie had his moments. That seems to have come and went. Uh, Claxton just seems like he's been being outplayed by Dayron Sharp. And I don't think that Sharp is a better player than Claxton. I think that he's been giving more of an effort when he when he sees the court. So that's why I agree with you on those two guys. Uh, the only other two guys I can think of who I'd, who I'd like to see traded, I do think teams will overpay for Cam Johnson right now. So I, I, if I'm the Nets, I know they gave him a new contract. I know he's buddies in the kale. But he's he's expendable. Like I, I think that he's someone who, if a team's going to overpay and you're the Nets, I would absolutely pull the trigger there. And then Dorian Finney-Smith is a guy I know the Lakers are interested in. Like they're on record being interested in him. I'm sure the Mavs would want to bring him back to help Luca oh, yeah. and, and Kyrie. Uh, I think you can get decent value back for DFS. I think what wasn't the rumor last year like he was going for two firsts or something? That was the value. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So and and I think he's played really well this season. Um yes. So yeah, Cam Johnson, Dorian Finney-Smith, and the two guys you meant you've mentioned. That's what I would do if I were Sean Marks. What type of deal would you have to take for a Cam Johnson to be traded? Do you want to just upload upload the offload the contract, or like, or is there someone in mind that you say, you know what, I need a player. I don't want just picks. Well, if you're gonna trade for Donovan Mitchell, like uh, Cam Johnson, for me would be in that trade. I don't. You don't need Cam Johnson if you have Donovan Mitchell's added offense. Um. Otherwise, if it's not Mitchell, yeah, just just offload him for a ton of like. Maybe you can get what two two firsts for Cam. You think? Maybe I don't. It depends on how people determine the value of his contract. If you think that he's on a good deal, you maybe you get more. You know, if you hate the contract, less. That's fair. That's a fair point. Um. I don't know. I look at a team like uh, the Pelicans tonight. I think if they could use one more score, they'd be like a top four team. Can we get Alvarado? Ooh, we didn't even talk about Grand Theft Auto tonight. My goodness. I love He's he, from Brooklyn, by the way. So he's such a smart, high IQ player, and he does the little things. He, I, I, he reminds me of Berea, the year with the Mavs. But I love mm-hmm. that his signature move is just picking people's pockets. He did it to Royce tonight. That was okay, that, that pissed me off. I'm going to tell you why. Because these guys, they watch the game film. They say, watch this little motherfucker. He's going to come behind you and steal the ball. And then it happens. Like, what shout the out fuck? To, shout out to Alvarado, man. Got, guys, uh, you got to respect the hustle of, of a player of like that. All right, Pete, before we uh, we finish the podcast, we have to talk about, you know, that step brother that we really don't ever speak about on the show. Um. You know what I'm talking about, Pete. It's 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 like when your 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 friend starts dating someone, and you know you have to surmise in your head if that person is mildly attractive or not, and you don't really want to tell your friend because it's going to be weird. Uh, the New York Knicks traded R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel quickly. I think a second round pick for O.G. Ananobi, 
Precious Achua and Malachi Flynn. Ananubi being the headliner of that trade. Uh, he looked really good in, in their win the other night. Um, I forget who they were playing. Do you remember? Yeah, they killed the Timberwolves. Timberwolves, Timberwolves. They beat the first place team in the West. Uh, Ananobi looked good. He fouled out. I think he finished with 17 points. Pete, what do you think of this trade for the Knicks? Uh, you know, uh, as you guys may or may or not know, shameless plug, my podcast is called The Only Net Fans You Know. So I literally am the only Nets fan in my kind of group friend of group group uh, group, uh, group of friends, I guess you could say, whatever. And I'm surrounded by Knicks fans. So obviously we're going to talk about this deal. And I, I explained it like this. I think it's a great deal for them right now. I think it's a horrible move for the long term. If you believe that R.J. Barrett is going to be that guy and could keep on doing what he did for Team Canada and could show you that he could put up 20-plus a night, then, you know, you kind of got screwed for a guy who's going to be a free agent, and you're probably going to have to overpay. But my main thought of it was this. This guy fits perfectly right now with the Knicks. And, man, it they got him for almost nothing. If you think about, it, like, draft pick-wise, just a second-rounder. They were talking about uh, Anobi getting, uh, what, like, three first-rounders from Portland a couple – months ago, maybe like a year ago, you know, when we were talking with them about a KD trade or, you know, that was mentioned that he might be coming back as one of the main pieces. And then you get him for like almost no draft picks. That means you must really like RJ Barrett. If you're Toronto, you mean? If you're Toronto, of course. Yes. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I, I don't know. I look at this and think, is OJ Ananobi a better player than RJ Barrett and Emmanuel quickly combined? And I, I don't think he is. I think uh, he's a better fit. Okay. I think and that's I love fair. Quickly, by the way, I should say that. I love Quickly. I love yeah, him. I, I, I think Quickly's a monster. I think in the right situation, Quickly can average 25. Like, and uh, an efficient 25. Could he do it um, for the Nets? Can he do it for the Nets? Absolutely. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Imagine... <laughs> yeah. Imagine if it were him and like Cam Thomas was our backcourt. Like, yeah, they they each score like thirty a night. Emmanuel quickly is a better player than Spencer Dinwiddie right now. I'd say so. I'd have to say you'd so. agree, right? Okay. Yep. Um. No, I I don't know. I I I know Ananobi's a nice three and D guy. He's a he's like a he's like a as premium a three and D player in the NBA as it gets. And he can create off the dribble when necessary. He's got an okay mid range game. Although I don't think he shoots a lot of mid range shots. Um, I just I, quickly was so important for the Knicks. And when RJ was right, the Knicks were great. The only issue was RJ w- was not right all the time. He was inconsistent. He, was, he would have bad stretches of basketball. So I, I get it from that angle. And I know he does fit better than Barrett. Now they're just missing a, you know, a backup guard. Like that's the issue. Now they don't have someone to run their second unit. Um, Do they have Dante? Yeah, they have Divincenzo, but I think Randall, Randall kind of runs like a point forward in the second unit, or at least he did the other night. Um, I don't think the Knicks are done. I I think there's a move out there to be made. I think Leon Rose is going to be extremely aggressive and, you know, you can't beat Milwaukee and you can't beat Boston with, with this three of Brunson, Randall, and Ananobi, but you get one more guy. You get one more guy, and, and, and all of a sudden, Ananobi becomes who Tobias Harris was that season when it was Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Jimmy Butler. 
Oh. That team, that Knicks team, I'd be terrified of. And who that who that second or third guy would be, I, I don't know. But he's out there. I agree. I, I think the Knicks, like I said, a, a very big win now sort of move. And like you mentioned, the East looks a little weak. You know, it's not it's not crazy to say if the Knicks add one more player, they have all these draft picks they they did not need to use for this trade that they could, you know, really make a a little bit of a run. It's not crazy to me. Is Zach Levine a name that makes sense in New York? I know Knicks fans hate that, but is he someone he doesn't put so. them over the edge? I don't think so. Then, then I don't know who's out there. Like th- then I really That's don't know. We don't know. It's just we don't Mitchell. know until until Shams tweets it out, right? We don't well, know. The, re- the report was that the Knicks aren't going to overpay for Mitchell. That was the something along those lines was the report. See, uh, Dejounte Murray supposedly is available. That's the that's that's the guy that I know Knicks Siakam. fans want. He'd be a nice fit with Brunson. Uh, uh, Dejounte Murray. He would. And the Hawks aren't very good this year. All right, Pete. Let's wrap it up. Look, you know this might have been a depressing Nets podcast, but it was a podcast, Pete, that the fans needed to hear. And listeners of this show need to understand that when your team is performing this poorly, you have to call them out. You have to be honest. Okay, you don't coddle. And, and, and you don't say, oh, there's other days. No, you give them shit when shit is deserved. Any final words for the listeners out there? Yeah, I got an episode of my podcast, The Only Net Fans You Know, coming out with Mike Paseglia later this week, possibly around Thursday. Check that out. And, uh... Happy New Year. Let's keep our thoughts somewhat positive, as positive as we can be at this point. And, uh, you know, believe in Sean Marks. If, I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can say that anymore, but I, know, I will I say know, this. I, I will say this. I do still think this team is capable of playing good basketball. I just don't know. It's just not going to be with this roster. There's going to need to be some things changed by the trade deadline. And and we will know in the next week or so the trajectory of this team for the rest of the season. We'll know in a week. Absolutely. All right, Nets fans. Take it easy, and thanks for listening to another edition of Fireside Nets with Spen and Pete. As always, catch you on the fireside. Later.